Hello, people of the way. Uh, this is our communion message. Uh, before uh, listening to the communion message, make sure you listen to another message. It's called communion preparation. And in that message, uh, we explain and give instructions on how to prepare the elements uh, to get ready to partake of communion. Now, when you listen to this message about communion, pause at any time. Pause at any time so that you can pray and get your heart right with God. Uh, all of us, myself included, we need to have our hearts right with God. And communion is one of the ways by which we do that. Now, I have to give a little little note to keep in mind. If you are a non-believer, if you're a non-believer, do not partake of communion. I know that sounds abrasive when you hear me say that, but if you listen, you'll understand why. Uh, non-believers do not partake of communion. Uh, what I would like you to do is hit pause and then listen to another message. It's called How to Commit Your Life to Jesus. It's for Christians. It's for believers. Partaking of communion is not for the unbeliever. It is for the Christian, those who are born again in Jesus Christ. That's why I say, you know, that if you're a non-believer, this isn't for you. It's not to hurt you and sound abrasive and mean. I say that to be non-abrasive and I love you. I care for your soul and understand too that if you are a believer, but you are lukewarm and you're playing games with the Lord, do not partake of the communion elements. It is not for you. And when I say it is not for you, both non-believer and lukewarm, it is not for you yet because I have tremendous hope that you will repent and commit your life or recommit your life to Jesus Christ. And if you are playing games with the Lord and you're lukewarm, also hit pause and listen to the message, how to commit your life to Jesus Christ. And you, my friend, recommit your life to Jesus Christ and play games with him no more. Continue in our studies and together we grow and mature together in Christ as we continue on on our journey together as one in Christ. Okay, so if remember, if you're non-believer or if you're lukewarm, just hit pause right now, commit your life to Jesus Christ or recommit your life to Jesus Christ and then come back to this message, continue and then partake of the elements. But you know, the other part too is make sure you listen to the message, how to prepare for communion or the communion preparation, because we need to make sure that you have the elements to partake of communion. What we do in communion, it's holy. It is holy. It's not just like, you know, a, a religious thing that we do. No, it's not. Religion cannot save you. It's about relationship where the Lord gives you a new heart, a new spirit, a new mind, and we are new creations in Jesus Christ. Religion cannot do that. Religion cannot do that. Only relationship with Jesus Christ as we, you and me together, fall deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in love with the Son of the Most High God. His name is Jesus Christ. Okay, so that's my little uh, precursory message to this communion message that we have. Now, if you have your Bible, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and beautiful brother Paul says this. He says, for I received from the Lord, verse 23, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 
verse 23. And beautiful brother Paul says this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Now, if you have the communion communion, communion elements, hold on to them. We're going to do this together. So hold on to them and I'll, I'll mention, okay, let's let's partake of the bread or let's take the bread. So wait for me to, 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 to mention that. So don't partake of it just yet. We're going to do it together as a church body. Uh, and also too is uh, uh, anytime during this message, hit pause, hit pause so that you can pray. And if you have to repent, repent. If you have to tell somebody you're sorry, apologize, then you hit pause and you do just that. Make sure your heart is right with the Lord and then make sure your heart is right with your neighbor. Maybe uh, somebody in your family, make sure your heart is right with them too. You see, because the Lord desires us to be clean, cleanliness before him and not cleanliness like, you know, uh, uh, you know, no, you know, dirty fingernails or, you know, anything like that. It's, I mean, I say don't have dirty fingernails, <laughs> but if you have dirty fingernails, don't have a dirty heart, don't have a dirty mind. And the only way that can come is with relationship with Jesus Christ. And he's the one who cleans. He's the one who cleans, not you, not me. I mean, we commit and we obey him, but at the same time, it's the power of the Holy Spirit the helper, the Pericletus, who will help us deny those things of the flesh and walking according to the flesh as we grow and we mature in Christ. Okay, so Paul is explaining here to the church in Corinth. And remember, if you listen to our study through 1 Corinthians, you'll see the Corinthian saints had some major issues. They were very carnal, very, very carnal. They were babies in Christ. They believed in Jesus Christ but they remained babies. They didn't grow. And so, you know, when I was a young kid, there used to be this retail store called Toys R Us. Now, just so you know, I teach from America. Uh, uh, and so if you're in another part of the world, you know, you might not have this uh, familiarization with, you know, old school retail. Even if you're American, if you're like a millennial or, X gener- or Z generation, you, you might not even know Toys R Us. But when I was a kid, there was a store, store called Toys R Us. And in the song, you know, they have commercials that, you know, before Christmas every year, you always used to say, you know, I'm a toy. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. And it's like, wow, you know, it's one thing to apply to the carnal state. You know, I don't want to grow up because I want to be a kid forever. But in Christ, that's not good. Do not do that in Christ. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to mature. You see beautiful, beautiful babies, a freshly born baby. They got their diapers, you know, and they have their uh, their little binkies. They have their bottles. They have a little accident in the diaper. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's the gross aspect of it. But then there's also the beautiful aspect of it because you're caring for your son. You're caring for your daughter. And, you know, you do all these things lovingly. But then at the same time, and it's beautiful, a little baby burps. And it's okay. He's got the burpees. She's got the burpees. And it's cute. It's adorable because they're babies. But then what happens if I'm a 35-year-old guy and then all of a sudden I got my diapers, I got my binky, I got a bottle in my mouth. It's like, wait a second, that's not cute anymore. That's disgusting. That's ugly. You see, as believers, Christians, we're to grow and mature. You and me both grow and mature in Christ. Not to stay babies. A little binky is beautiful for babies. Now, if you're a new believer now, if you're, if you're listening and you, and you, you committed your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, praise be to the Lord. You're a baby in Christ, but you're like 
a legit baby, you know, a bona fide baby, but legitimate baby. There's reason for you not to have these understandings because you haven't grown or matriculated and, and, and studied the scripture. But I have hope for you that you will. And if you are a new believer, I have to give strong urging to listen to our messages through 1 Corinthians, all of 1 Corinthians, and all of 2 Corinthians. It will help you. It will help you understand how to grow and mature in Christ. Okay? Even if you're lukewarm. If you're lukewarm, you know, don't think like, okay, I know my stuff. I was just a little lukewarm and, you know, I'm good to go now. No, you're lukewarm for a reason. You're lukewarm for a reason. And we got to nip that in the bud. You see, we got to remedy that. How do we do that? You, you have to grow in Christ. You have to mature in Christ. And listen, you also listen to our studies, all of it, through 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, and you'll understand spiritual growth. Okay? And so Paul is explaining to the saints in Corinth who were babies and they stayed babies. They didn't want to grow up. And, you know, and it's pretty hardcore when you get into the middle part of 1 Corinthians. Uh, uh, but then now that you get into chapter 11, it's what's referred to as a remnant. And Paul is explaining, listen, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. I love that so much because Paul, in a pastor position, in a teacher position, he says, I'm giving to you exactly what I received from the Lord. No additives. You know, I'm not adding this. There's not little little this. That, no, exactly what I got from the Lord, I'm giving to you, saints in Corinth. Just like Moses, exactly what I got from the Lord, I'm giving to you, Israel. And not just Paul and Moses, all the the prophets, uh, uh, the apostles, beautiful saints like Philip, you see, beautiful people in the Old Testament like Hannah, beautiful, beautiful Hannah. I'm so in love with her because her faith and her obedience was greater than that of, yes, her husband and also, yes, the priesthood, the high priest, you see. Beautiful people, male, female, young, old, all through scripture, heroes that we have. Patterns that the Bible says these are patterns to help us, to help us grow, to help us have this understanding, to help us mature, to help us walk with Christ. And Paul's explaining, you know, it's the same that I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take Eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And this is key. Partaking of communion, it is very, very holy. It is for those who are set apart and consecrated to Jesus Christ. And Paul says this to this remnant in Corinth. He says in verse 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And Jesus Christ, as surely as the Lord lives, he is returning again and he is returning soon. Therefore, he says in verse 27, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, you see, 
an unworthy manner. It is entirely possible to partake of communion in an unworthy manner. And that's why if it sounded abrasive at the beginning when I said, you know, if you're not a believer or if you lukewarm, this isn't for you. You're like, whoa, wait a second. I thought I was going to listen to a church message. I thought I was supposed to, you know, hear the good things. And this guy is saying that it's not for me. Well, there's a reason behind it. Because it is entirely possible to eat and drink in an unworthy manner. And I don't want that for you. I don't want you to partake. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for you. We're in the same boat. I do not want any of us to partake of the communion elements in an unworthy manner because the Bible says here in verse 27, for he or she who does that will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Whoa, whoa, I don't want that for any of us. And that's why at the beginning I said, look, if you're lukewarm, if you're not a believer, this isn't for you. Do not partake of the elements. But I also present to you a door, and that door is Jesus Christ. And if you want to commit or recommit your life to Jesus Christ, I'll say it yet again. Hit pause and listen to the message, how to commit your life to Jesus Christ. And you commit your life or recommit your life to Jesus Christ right here, right now. Straight up. And remember, at any time, at any time during this message, hit pause. And if you know you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, repent. The Holy Spirit convicts for a reason. The Holy Spirit doesn't convict just to, you know, make you uh, feel jittery. The Holy Spirit doesn't convict just to, you know, make you feel like, you know, you're terrible about something. Because he likes that. No, that godly sorrow. What is produced is the godly sorrow, what Paul speaks about also to the saints in Corinth. And godly sorrow, it leads to repentance. And that's one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. You see, and the Holy Spirit to the believer is a seal. The Holy Spirit inside the body of a believer to help you. Remember, the Lord Jesus Christ says he is the Paracletus, the Holy Spirit. I will ascend to my Father and I will send you my Spirit, he says, the Holy Spirit, the Paracletus, to help you and me in our walk with him. You see, I meant without the Holy Spirit, somebody punches you in the face, you're going to want to punch them back. With the Holy Spirit, somebody punches you in the face, you're going to turn the other cheek. You see, it's not carnal. I don't speak to the dead. The Lord didn't call me to teach the dead. He called me to teach the living. Okay? Understand that. If you're listening for the first time and you're like, oh, yeah, I just, I just landed here by happenstance. I just happened to be listening and, you know, I don't even know why. I know why. It's called a divine appointment. It's not by a mere happenstance. It is for a reason. The Lord Jesus Christ wants you to hear this message. Your Father in heaven, your Father in heaven loves you. And it's your sin that separates you from Him. You see? And sin is only done away with through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Those are his words. But by me. But by him. You see? Him. That's why we proclaim Jesus Christ. That's the good news. That's the gospel. I mean, there's more, but... What a beautiful... I like to say, get in the ark. Capital A, and the ark is Jesus Christ. 
Because look at the days we live in. The days are crazy. Prophetically speaking, these are prophesied. These things are prophesied to happen and it will come to pass. And things are coming to pass. We're living in very perilous, perilous times, very dangerous times. You see? And if you're listening, you're like, you know what? I don't know if I'm down with Jesus Christ, but you know, wow, this guy's right. You know, I look over here, this guy's crazy. I look over here, this lady's crazy. I look, you know, look at the politicians, look at the religious leaders, even look in Christian churches. What's happening? The world is falling apart. No, prophetically speaking, everything is falling into place. The church is prophesied to be crazy town in the last days. Love is waxing cold. It is prophesied that in the last days, love will wax cold. Everybody's offended. You know, everybody, the snowflake generation. Oh, my feelings are hurt. My little feelers are hurt. Even that's prophesied. Many will be offended in the last days. You see, all these things are happening. It's like, wow, what's happening to this world? It's going crazy. Absolutely. It's called strong delusion. And it's from the Lord. You see? And those who have no love of the truth. And what's happening in these days in which we live is the Lord is making himself known the exact same way he did in Egypt. You see? Now, as the Lord makes himself known and he will continue to make himself known. And, you know, he whispers, but pretty soon, I mean, the whispers are going to get louder and louder as he makes himself known. You have a choice to make. The ball's in your court now. And I say to you, get in the ark, which is commit your life to Jesus Christ. You see, and abide in Christ. You and me together, abiding in Jesus Christ. And Paul says this to these saints who, yes, they're a remnant and, you know, they got little baby issues because they, they're babies, but yet they're, they want to mature. And so what's happening here? So they're at that cusp of, uh, cusp of becoming babies and maturing in Christ. And Paul says in verse 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So what do we do? What do we do? He says this in verse 28, but let a man examine himself. I love this so much. Let a man examine himself. And I'll also say, let a woman examine her, herself. And this examination, it's self-examination. It's to scrutinize, to see whether a thing is genuine or not. Are you genuine in the Lord? Am I genuine in the Lord? It's this moment of We self-reflect. We self-reflect. We study the word of God and you know the Bible says this, the Bible says that, and then we take this moment and we pause and we say, okay, since the Bible says this, how is my behavior reflected in light of what the Bible says? You see? And am I on, on the scales of the word of God, Am I found wanting? You see? And anytime we partake of communion, and not just communion, anytime period, anytime period where we are found wanting. Remember, our standard of measurement is the word of God. Genesis to Revelation. You see? That's our standard of me measurement. But also understanding, you know, uh, what the law is, the promises, 
You see, we have to have this firm understanding of what the Bible speaks and what the Bible teaches. Everything in accordance to the promise, the fulfillment of the promise, the fulfillment of the law, not going back to the law. You see, listen to our study through Galatians if you need further, uh, 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 if you have further questions about that. Because the Bible explains. You see, where you and me together are found wanting based on what we read in the Bible. You know what we do? You and me together, you know what we do? We repent. We repent. And that's part of this examination. You unto yourself, me unto myself. You see? To self-reflect. And not to self-reflect like, you know, I want to feel good about myself. I mean, sometimes when I self-reflect, it's like, man, I feel like a dirtbag. You see? And praise be to the Lord because that's godly sorrow. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. And then we repent. We're made right. We're made clean. We are clean before the Lord. We are right before the Lord. And then all of a sudden, we continue to move on to perfection. Okay, not being like a uh, like the Bible says, you know, a, a, a pig who wallows in the mud or a dog who returns to his vomit. No, not to do that. Not to, you know, that's called habitual sin. People make excuses for habitual sin. No, it's to be made new, to have a new mind, a new heart, to think differently. And as the Bible teaches, you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so we have this scale, which is called the word of God. And am I found wanting? Are you found wanting? And where we are, we repent. And we learn from those moments. And then we continue in obedience to the Lord, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You see, now it's obedience in the mind, obedience in the heart, not the flesh. People say, you know, where, where you see obedience in the flesh, a lot of times you'll also find hypocrisy. You see, you'll see, you'll find religion. But I'm talking about obedience in mind. And where the mind goes, the body will follow. Where the mind goes, the flesh will follow. You see? And if your mind is spirit of the spirit, Holy Spirit, then your body's in, in, in good shape. But if your mind is carnal, your body's going to go that direction. And that's not good. That's being called led by the flesh, walking according to the flesh. That's not you. That's not me. We walk according to the spirit. And in order to walk according to the spirit, we have to, number one, have the Holy Spirit. And then number two, Learn how to walk according to the Spirit. And that's why we study Scripture. I mean, one of many reasons why we study Scripture. But that's one of the blessings of studying Scripture. We learn. We grow. And then instead of thinking about the dirty things, you know, where it's like you know, we feel the conviction and, you know, we're, 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 uh, we, our unit of measurement is the Word of God. And, it's, you know, I'm found wanting, you're found wanting. Does that mean that it's, you know, a repetition thing where it's a, people call, oh, this is habitual sin? No. 
Because we have cleanliness of mind, cleanliness of heart, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, there's also something else that is written in Philippians 4 verse 8, which says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You see, only the the pure and clean mind can do such. Instead of a mind being on the sex, the drugs, the alcohol, the whatever, instead of a mind being on that, let our minds, your mind and my mind together, we're in the same boat because I pray that you've stepped into the ark. Let our minds not be on those dirty things of the flesh, but those things of the spirit. Written in the word of God, those things which are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, and praiseworthy. And that's how we walk according to the spirit. You see? And we're learning. I mean, you know, just like a, a baby who's learning to walk, you know, the baby walks, but he's going to trip up sometimes. She's going to fall a couple times. Same thing applies to you and me. But still, we make no excuses. You see? Not taking advantage of the freedoms that we have in Christ, but we grow, we move on to perfection, laying aside those things which so easily ensnare us. And that's part of maturing in Christ. And that's what's so beautiful about communion is that as is written in verse 28, let a man examine himself. And I'll also add there, let a woman examine herself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. You see, this is why at the beginning, when, you know, you hear me say, do not do it. If you're not a believer or if you're lukewarm, do not do it. It's not, you know, that might be like, whoa, what? this guy's mean. How could he say that? This is why. We have to examine ourselves. You see? And if we have to repent, we repent. And when that's done, he says, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Now, this is a little scary. Verse 29. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself. You see, self-inflicted. Eats and drinks judgment to himself. It's a self-inflicted wound. Not discerning the Lord's body. You say, wait a second, the Lord's body, but he died already. He died 2,000 years ago, give or take a couple years. Okay. But he rose again. The first fruits of the resurrection, he rose again and he will return again. You and me, we have to discern the Lord's body because if we don't, we drink, we eat and drink judgment to ourselves. That's not good. Another reason why I say, if you're not a believer, if you're playing games with the Lord, do not partake of communion. You say, wait a second, I go to church over here and they don't, they don't, they don't say that. Well, let me tell you something. They're wrong. Get yourself a new teacher. They're wrong. Oh, but you know, I've all I've I've always gone to church before. I only go to church, you know, once a year, you know, on Christmas and you know, Easter and you know, whatever. I only go twice a year, and every time I partook of communion, and I don't even believe in Jesus Christ. Well, whoever was the pastor there, he's wrong. You say, wait a second, I don't have a male pastor. It was a female pastor. Well, she's wrong from, for several things. Pastors, elders, always male. Biblically, 
always male. If you're in a church and you have a female pastor or a female elder, get out. Leave. The Bible, it is written, judgment comes first in the house of God. In order for that to happen, a church has to be a mess. Straight up a mess. You look at churches today, what do I see? A mess. Doctrinally and, you know, application, what you see. The fruit. You have to look at the fruit just as the Lord tells us. He teaches us, look at the fruit. You see? So if if you're in a position where you're like, wow, you know, I, I already did that. You know, I did that two years ago. I did that last year. I did that last week and I'm not even a believer. You know, repent for that. Repent. Lord, forgive me. I didn't know. But now I know, Lord, and now I want to do these things in accordance to what your word says, and I want to be obedient. I choose to be obedient to you, Lord. You see? And in so doing, you know what happens? We learn to walk. You're learning to walk. You're growing in Christ. Baby steps. I mean, you know, a baby learns to walk. You're not going to, you, uh, uh, a baby, I don't know how old, maybe a year old, maybe eight months old. Whenever a baby learns to walk, baby takes five steps. Okay, beautiful. Praise be to the Lord. Now, are you going to enroll that kid in the, you know, New York City Marathon? No, that's stupid. That, that's not, it's, it's not normal. It, it's, it's beyond, it's dumb. It's stupid. Nobody would do that. And I don't do that with you. Baby steps. We learn to walk. You see? The Lord teaches us. We learn to walk. Now, it's eventually, as we grow and as we mature in Christ, we continue to run our race, but sometimes that race is just a little walk if you're a new believer. And praise be to the Lord if you're a new believer. You see? And so look what happens here. In verse 30, for this reason, this is what happens when, you know, people who eat and drink in an unworthy manner, they drink judgment to themselves, not discerning the Lord's body. And this is what happens for this reason in verse 30, many, not a little bit, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. You know, that translates many have died. Many are dead. You see. That's what happens when we don't discern the Lord's body, when we eat and drink judgment to ourselves, when we eat and drink in an unworthy manner. You say, wait a second. I went to church on Easter. I went to church on Christmas and they did the communion and I, you know, I partook. Nobody even told me about this. There you go. You see, they're in the wrong. And because they were in the wrong, they led you wrongly. Oh, but my pastor's such a good guy. He's a nice guy. We, you know, we do this, we do that. And he's really funny and all these things. Okay, that, he might be a nice guy. He might be a really nice guy. You know, just go for a walk together, laugh. But there are biblical qualifications for a pastor, for a teacher, for an elder. There are biblical qualifications what the Bible outlines. Hey, this is what the blueprints look like. And that must match Holy Scripture. And where it doesn't match Holy Scripture, you have a choice to make, my friend. Leave. You can stay. But if you've been taught wrong... And in so doing, you're walking wrong. 
that's not good. That's dangerous. It's even more so in these last days. It, it was dangerous 20 years ago. It was dangerous 100 years ago. But even more so in these last days, when these days are prophesied to be perilous. Very, very dangerous times. You see? As Jesus Christ says, if the blind follow the blind, both will fall into a ditch. I don't want that for you. Let the blind be blind. But I speak to those who see. I speak to those who hear. I speak to the living. For this reason, in verse 30, many are weak among you and many sleep. Many have died. Now you see, like in the beginning, if you were listening and you're like, wow, you know, this guy is too abrasive. He's telling me I can't take this. Now do you see why? I say you can't take, if you're not a believer, if you're lukewarm, I say you can't take this because I love you and I care for your soul. I mean, I care for your body too, but I mean, above that, way above that, your soul. Because I want your beautiful ears. I want your beautiful ears to hear something so incredibly wonderful and joyous. And you know what those words are? Well done, my good and faithful servant. I want your precious ears to hear those beautiful and precious words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And sometimes the flesh, you'll be on the receiving end of abrasive things when we study truth. The same way I am. We study the Bible and it's like, whoa, this is abrasive to my flesh. But praise be to the Lord because we're being trained by truth. That's what the Bible says. Training, equipping for these dark days. Verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. You know, a lot of times you talk to these youngsters these days, the millennials and Z generation. Oh, don't judge me. Don't judge me lest you be judged. Oh, I don't want to. Don't. How dare you? You're too judgmental. You're too judgmental. You're too judgmental. But what about when it's the word of God, which are, which is our standard? Now, you know, that people say, don't judge lest you be judged, which is a biblical truth, but there's more. You see, only dead people can correct. And when I say dead people, I don't mean dead people in the flesh. I mean dead to the flesh. Like the Pauls, like the Timothys, like the Priscilla, Aquila. As we read in the Bible, those who are not walking according to the flesh, those who walk according to the Spirit, the Bible says that God has these people to help us in our walk with Christ. You see? And if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Condemnation is coming to this world. As surely as the Lord lives, Condemnation is coming to this world, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that the world through him would not perish. You see, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would not perish, that they would live. That's why we say, get in the ark. Because God loves you and he wants safety for you. He wants safety for your soul. But Satan Lucifer, Beelzebub, that serpent of old, who was a murderer from the beginning, the father of lies, he will give you all kinds of lies so that you will believe him 
instead of believing in the Lord. You see? And Satan, he wants to drag you to hell because he knows he's going to hell. And he wants to drag you with him. Are you going to let that happen? I don't want that to happen for you. But I can't force anything upon you. You have a choice to make. And if you're listening and you still have not heeded my prior exhortation to commit your life to Jesus Christ, I urge you. You commit your life to Jesus Christ right here, right now. And then come back and listen. And we'll partake of the communion elements together. Now, if you have the communion elements with you, I'm going to read verse 24 again. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup. To the beautiful people of the way, the remnant of these last days, God bless you. I love you.